welcome. This is Crime Noir, a true crime podcast telling our stories. And I'm your host, Candace, and this is Case 14, The Murder of Shaquita Bell. Welcome back, everyone, to yet another episode of Crime Noir. Um, Today, I'm going to be discussing the murder of Shaquita Bell, and this took place in Washington, D.C. I notice subconsciously I do a lot of cases in D.C., but I'm definitely going to start branching out um, into the country as well. And like I always start off every episode with a little trigger warning that Although this episode does not feature explicit language, I do talk about violence, so listener discretion is advised. So Shaquita Yolanda Bell disappeared on June 27, 1996 from Washington, D.C. At the time, she was just 23 years old, and she had three very young children when she disappeared. She had a three-month-old named Alexis, a three-year-old named Devante, and a five-year-old named Ashley. At the time of her disappearance, she worked at Giant in the bakery department. She was last seen leaving her family's residence on Raymond Street in Alexandria, Virginia with her boyfriend, Michael Dickerson. Michael was driving Shaquita and her children to their doctor's appointment on that day. Shaquita later called her family at approximately 2 p.m. to let them know that she'd be returning home shortly. But she never returned home and she hasn't been seen or heard from since. Her family immediately became worried when Shaquita did not return home, and they immediately began looking for her. Her mother, Jackie, also called Michael immediately after she was missing and wanted to know what happened to her daughter. Michael gave them two different stories. His first story was Shaquita exited his car on Minnesota Ave in D.C. after an argument. The second one was Shaquita and Michael were at Michael's house, and then she left by via cab or she got picked up by someone. Either way, he did not know where she was. Jackie's husband, Thomas, called Michael's father, who indicated that Michael planned on taking off from work. Michael's dad was informed that Michael provided two different versions of what happened. Michael's dad also confirmed that Michael and Shaquita had been together previously as he saw Shaquita's belongings at his son's house. So basically, he's lying. Michael's dad even admitted that the answers Michael gave made absolutely no sense. Upon learning of Shaquita's disappearance, her family was heavily involved in her search. They circulated flyers constantly. They were in the community. They had the community really gathered around the family. Even Michael's dad was an active participant in searching for Shaquita. During this initial time Shaquita went missing, Michael was nowhere to be found. He went into hiding for five days. So, again, leading up to his guilt, y'all. Shaquita and Michael had a very tumultuous relationship, and honestly, it was downright abusive, y'all. Shaquita kept a journal outlining the abuse she had faced on the hands of Michael. Jackie, her mom, indicated that Michael forbid Shaquita from going to church, She had often witnessed Shaquita with dark circles around her daughter's eyes, which is obviously a sign of abuse. 
Shaquita never actually said that she was being abused, but like I just said, the signs were definitely there. And neighbors even came forward and said that they heard screaming and fighting. And Shaquita also reported that she was threatened by him and he held a loaded gun against her head at some point. So here's where it gets like super interesting to me, y'all. Shaquita's purse was found in Michael's friend's car. His friend's name is Jonathan Shields. Jonathan stated that Shaquita had been killed and her body was buried in Prince George's County, Maryland. Jonathan then agreed to testify regarding what information he knew, but here's the gag. He was murdered the day before he was scheduled to testify in front of the grand jury. His murder remains unsolved. Michael was just a violent, violent man. At the time of Shaquita's disappearance, he was a drug dealer. And he actually murdered another man named Sean Thomas, which is a rival drug dealer. Uh, Sean called himself robbing uh, another drug dealer on Michael's turf and ended up getting smoked in the process. Before Shaquita died, she had overheard Michael talking about the murder of Sean. She then took this information to detectives. And using her tip, police stopped Michael on June 13, 1996, and they found a 9mm handgun in his car, which was a 1986 Cadillac, and then he was charged with possession of a firearm. They also questioned him regarding Sean's murder, and according to police reports, Michael knew Shaquita was the one who told. Two weeks after Michael was questioned is when he killed Shaquita. He shot her and then wrapped her body in a rug and buried her in a rural area of PG County. Michael was eventually charged. However, Jackie and other members of Shaquita's family were extremely dissatisfied with how DC police handled Shaquita's case. They picketed in front of the chief of police, which at the time was Chief or Chief Kathy Lanier, and that's how they were able to get some push forward into her case. Jackie's efforts did not go unnoticed. She was able to set up a meeting with the chief of police. They met up on July 4th, 2007. And as a result of their meeting, the chief of police put together a task force to return to the site where Shaquita was allegedly buried. On July 28th, 2007, officers, canines, helicopters, and forensic anthropologists spent three days searching for Shaquita's body in Fort Washington, Maryland, and they found no body or evidence. So it wasn't a waste, but you could see they probably really hid her body really well. And in January 2008 was, is when Michael was charged. He was charged with two counts of murder, and one was unrelated to Shaquita's. He actually pled guilty in a deal with prosecutors for second-degree murder in Shaquita's death. In his deal, he was given it was required for him to give up the location of where Shaquita's remains are. I know it came out that um, Jonathan Shields or whatever was asked by Michael to help him get rid of Shaquita's body and that Jonathan and Michael drove to Michael's house and Jonathan witnessed Shakita's body laying in the yard. He then acted as a lookout while Michael wrapped her body in a blanket and placed it in a car. They then drove to a wooded area on Old Fort Road in Fort Washington, and then Michael buried the body, and they, till this day, have not found where it is. So, yes, 
Michael was charged and I guess the family got some type of justice, but I feel like they probably still struggle with closure because they do not know where she's at. Um, he probably can't remember exactly where he um, buried her or what he did with her body, but I do hope that at some point she will be recovered so her family can get some closure on what happened. Um I don't really have too many theories on this case because it's pretty shut, uh, open and shut. But I do think that she gave information to the police and he killed her to stop her from talking just like he killed his friend that helped him bury the body. And I think he was just killing anybody that was going to put him in prison or help put him in prison. And as you can see, it didn't really work out because he ultimately landed there. He did get a pretty light deal. It's like 15 years without parole or something like that. So considering that he probably caught three bodies, although Jonathan's remains um, unsolved, I'm pretty sure he had something to do with that. So, yep, that wraps up today's case. And let's get into some noir news. This week in Noir News, I have two stories that I like to cover. Uh, my first story is a bit odd. Um, it's about a 72-year-old woman that was charged with murdering her 82-year-old neighbor. According to FoxNews.com, 72-year-old Chang Yo Oh was arrested for killing her 82-year-old neighbor, Ha Cha Pak. Excuse me if I'm saying her name wrong. And this happened in PG County. Chung attacked her neighbor with a brick after they had a dispute, and she called 911 subsequently afterwards and reported that she had killed her neighbor. She's currently in jail without bond. Now, what would a 72-year-old and 82-year-old argue about that led to murder? I just find this story so bizarre, and there's very little details out as to what exactly happened, and... I'm just at a loss for words because these are both elderly women and they're fighting to the point, fighting to the death, literally. Just, it's really sad. Anyway, my next story is about, now this story gets even dumber and it's actually even bizarre, more bizarre. So on August 27th, a former police recruit was arrested for a string of sexual assaults that occurred in Georgia since 2015, 24-year-old Kenneth Bowen III joined the Clayton County Police Academy in June 2018, where he was there for three months before he got the boot. Kenneth was arrested and charged with seven counts of rape and one count of sexual batter. Police were able to get a search warrant into his, for his DNA, and it was a match in all eight of the rapes. All eight rapes occurred within two miles of his home. If y'all see the suspect sketch, it looks smack like him. Like, wow, I can't believe, wow, just wow. And he mainly targeted black women from the age of 19 and 36. And my big question is, why would somebody that is a serial rapist join the police department? Like, that sounds ludicrous, but I have my own personal theory that he wanted to see what they were investigating and maybe stay a few steps ahead because that is the only way that would make sense to me. You would think that somebody that 
was out here committing crimes wouldn't try to be in the police department. And that wraps up today's episode, y'all. Thanks for listening. I appreciate my listenership. My followers on Twitter and Instagram continue to rise. So I appreciate if you guys continue to like, share, and subscribe to Crime Noir. You can find me on Twitter at CrimeXNoir, or you can find me on Instagram at Crime Noir the Podcast. And as always, take care of yourself, and I will talk to you next week. Bye.